Hey, this is Max, and this is The Uncommon Truth, where we are in search of the church the way Jesus meant it to be. If you're new to The Uncommon Truth, this is a podcast where we discuss Jesus, how to follow him, and what it means to be an authentic Christian in today's society. We do that by having conversations with people who are living it daily and doing it in unique ways. If you enjoy thinking about your faith, if you've ever felt like Christianity in the West was maybe missing something, or maybe you're just up for a challenge, The Uncommon Truth is definitely a podcast you should check out, and so we're glad you're here. Today we're going to be doing just that here on The Uncommon Truth, as I'm joined by my friends Ryan and Lisa Kelly. The Kellys are worship pastors, and they take a really unique stance on how to pick music, what they select, and how to lead their services. We're going to be talking to them specifically today about how what we sing in church affects what we believe about our faith. Is there a danger in singing things that might not be 100% theologically correct, or is it all just worship music and, and we shouldn't think about it that much? So we're going to get into that and more in just a moment, but if you can stick with us to the end of the show, I'm going to give you some ways that you can get a little bit more information, get in contact with the show, give us some feedback and some more goodies along the way. So thanks so much for making The Uncommon Truth part of your podcast routine, and we'll get into the conversation right now here on The Uncommon Truth. All right, welcome to The Uncommon Truth, Ryan and Lisa Kelly. They're uh, good friends of mine. You've heard me talk about both of them on the podcast before. Surprise, guys. Sorry. Thanks a lot. These are the the people whose wedding I came down to visit and attend uh, back in 2016, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Coming up very soon on four years? Three Three years. Three, actually. November 19th. Okay, there you go. And uh, yeah, so we came down for your wedding, and Mm -hmm. it was attending, uh, like hanging out with you guys and your community and then coming to church that really set us on the the path that we're on so thanks yeah. for that i'm not i, I think that that's, that's a right. good thank you yeah, yeah it was actually a setup just for you guys so right if, really glad sometimes it, it felt out. like that <laughs> yeah. uh, if you want to hear more about that story the first couple episodes of the uncommon truth that's kind of where we get into it the man uh, the man who gave us directions while riding a bike with no tires mm-hmm. um just the realization of the ghetto that we were driving through mm-hmm. at 10 30 at night uh, you guys telling us, you know, you probably don't want to park a rental car anywhere in the yeah, no. this square mile, but you know, okay. <laughs> so that's, that was that. Thank you guys for coming on. Cause you actually really have been a big inspiration for, uh, why, why we're here. Um, I'll, I'll do my best at a little bio because okay. on the podcast you give someone's bio, right? So I'll start with Lisa so we can do the connection. So Lisa is my wife, Sherea's cousin mm-hmm. and they grew up together in, Canada, Morwina, Manitoba, Canada. That's right. And yeah. there was uh there's lots of lots of home videos and pictures and stories. So I've uh and, and Lisa and I actually worked together at camp a long time ago mm-hmm. uh, where she sang worship and I was the leader of the eleven to thirteen year old guys for a summer. Nice. And yes, uh and Ryan I met when I came down for his wedding and my first memories of Ryan were of him playing playing baseball at his bachelor party. That's right. So we we played what baseball. What was he wearing? He was uh, he was wearing. I think his what underwear were on the outside of his. Wait, what, uh, you had a tutu as well. Yeah, it was definitely a homemade tutu somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it improved defense quite a yeah. lot. I think, as I remember, yeah. right? Maybe run a little quicker. Yep. Yeah. So um, 
that those are my first memories. Ryan's from the Chicago area. What's the exact place for your, yeah. all your fans at home? Elgin, Illinois. Elgin, Illinois. I should remember that because it, it reminds it, it sort of reminds me of Blues Brothers, and they're from Chicago, right? Uh, they are. Elgin, yeah. Jake, and I don't know. I can't remember his name now. They're gonna get mad at me, my Blues Brothers fans. Blues. But Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> yeah, so so they've been a big inspiration for me. So thanks for coming on. And why don't you tell us, Ryan, why don't you tell us what you guys do at our church? Yeah, so Lisa and I are, um, we are currently the worship pastors here at the Father's House. We uh, became that a couple months ago. Sweet. Um, That's one of the things we get to do. I'm also involved with the finances here and and, uh, like Max said, the softball team on a weekly basis. Oh, yeah. Love getting the guys out there and playing some ball. And, yeah, uh, we have a sterling record of <laughs> try not to win too often and succeed at doing that. It's not very often the coach doesn't get fired for not winning a game mm-hmm. in three seasons. Consistent, but, though. You know, yeah. It's worth something. We have a good track right? record, yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, um, yeah, why don't you tell us how you found Orville? So I've been in Orville for a little over 10 years. Um, I came here via Toronto, um, at that point. But before that, I grew up in Elgin, Illinois. I didn't become a Christian until I was about 16. So 2005 is when I okay. became a Christian. Um, I, I, my buddy invited me to his youth group. And the first time attending, it was a totally different experience than anything I, I had ever um, experienced in my life before, especially to do with God and religion and that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, I grew up in a very religious kind of upbringing and uh, in church setting. And so to be part of a kind of spirit-filled Youth group was was totally outside of my box, you know. But yeah. but I remember being there and and being in worship the first time and, and seeing kids my age um, worshiping God. And even it was it was kids my age that were on the youth band and that were leading mm-hmm. us in worship and you know raising their hands and getting loud and and yeah. and, and demonstrating worship to God, you know, mm-hmm. that I'd never seen before. And I remember just a quote always comes back in my mind when I think about that time, and it was from uh, Donald Miller's book. Uh, blue like jazz and he says sometimes you have to see somebody love something in order to love it yourself oh okay and um and that was kind of what it was for me was just seeing kids my age loving god expressing worship um and being real with it that actually excited me and is what opened me up to the idea of becoming a christian and it wasn't too long after that that i actually became a christian my buddy led me to the lord in his car and of course seeing Seeing my friends there playing instruments and learning, it didn't take much longer after that till I picked up a guitar. I remember okay. my my, uh, my stepsister got a guitar for Christmas one year, and she never played it. She kept it under her bed, and I remember just pulling it out one day, and I just kind of adopted it. Maybe I stole it, but um, and I started <laughs> teaching. Adopting is a Christian <laughs> way of yeah. putting that. It is. Yeah. It is. I adopted it. Yes, thank you, Lord. Um, and <laughs> I just started teaching myself. You know, scales. Wow. Um, chords just i would i would be in my room uh many hours just just learning writing my own songs just playing playing on my own and uh and after that i got involved uh uh leading worship at a house of prayer and i was so afraid of the microphone i hated singing in the mic i i wouldn't even dare to be in front of a microphone and and i was playing so i started off just playing guitar as another lady would would lead Mm -hmm. and then came the day she looked at me and said i'm not going to sing another note until you open your mouth wow (laughs) And uh, so I had to. I had no choice. She forced me into it. And so, it, you know, that kind of started my whole journey with worship and uh, and experiencing that. And I've been leading worship now here uh, at our church for the past 10 years and and being involved. But um, that's a little bit about what got me to Oroville. Okay. How about you, Lisa? Well, a lot of people have this part of the story, but I also came here on a mission trip from the Toronto School of Ministry. Yeah. 
uh, that would have been maybe six years ago. So I did my three week trip here. Really, really liked it. I fell in love with the community and just everything that they were doing. Um, and then I went back home because I had my own ideas of what I wanted to do after yeah. that. And I was like, well, I'll visit sometime. Yeah. And uh, that visit has now lasted, yeah, five and a half years and got married in the meantime. So, right, uh, right. <laughs> yeah, but that's uh, that's how I ended up here. Just like uh, Jesus was really talking to me in my time at home in between visiting the first time and mm-hmm. uh, and showing up just about this being the place where I'm supposed to be and even staff members from here showing up in my dreams and uh yeah just being like okay well i really do have a lot to learn here and and so decided to yeah pack up everything and and move here and and got settled in pretty quick so cool yeah yeah and you've been playing music for a long time right yeah well i mean I, i grew up in a community where everybody sings you know we did hymns on Sunday so you can yeah. you can follow the the music and learn harmony and so I grew up with lots of that um everybody in my family is musical and like on both sides and that's like hundreds of people I come yeah, from a huge that's, family that is a, a that's, lot of people <laughs> that's lots of very musical people so I you grew up your in own that concert choir oh yeah exactly and so <laughs> um yeah I grew up with that being really normal um, I was probably about 13 when I started actually singing more just myself and discovering that it's something I personally really love. Mm-hmm. And so um, in my church at the time, then I started leading worship about, about that time when I was 13. And then I did at school too, because I went to a Christian private school. And yeah. so I had lots of experience that way um, with at least the musical part of that. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I have done that here too. Um well, I mean, like I started here as a backup singer, um, you know, it's just something that I love to do, just part of me. Um, but man, I definitely had lots of character stuff to get out of the way. And some of that kind of blew up in my face a bit, like just it come some of my heart stuff mm-hmm. um, just became really obvious that I didn't have a good enough foundation, even though I, I, I can sing, you know, yeah, great, yeah, good for me. Right. But, but I didn't have really a great foundation. And so, um, for about a year, I was actually taken off of worship mm. um, because of that, because I can't be like a good, safe leader with that kind of thing going on in my heart, right. just with not trusting leaders, um, having like really deep trust issues with God, but I could still sing about him, but it yeah. just wasn't quite yeah. as true as it should be. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, so Meanwhile, definitely. everyone's, you know, just looking at, at the crowd and they don't know any different. No, right? Exactly. You know? Um, but exactly. that, that would be really heart wrenching actually to, to have stuff kind of in turmoil inside you yeah. and then have to step up and sort of like put that behind you right. and then, you know, that's, that's difficult. Right. Exactly. So, yeah, so it's been a, uh, it's been quite a journey getting here, you know, um, Danielle, the, the pastor's daughter here. She's yeah. Been she's on been podcast. on the podcast a couple of times. Yeah. yeah. So she was a really big part of. Um, that part of my journey, especially just really taking me under her wing, Mm -hmm. uh, during that time as I had so much heart stuff to get sorted and whatever, obviously I'm not a hundred percent, but way further along than I was when I first got here. And, and that was one of the biggest deals there was, was me leading worship and then having those kind of issues coming up. So she really helped me with that a lot and kind of brought me back into the point where now we are the worship pastors. Right. And so Mm -hmm. that's, that's been quite a journey for me. For sure. So it's exciting to actually have that, have that happening for us now. Yeah. Yeah. And 
that's one of the things we're going to get into a little bit later is the idea that actually worship music and theology go hand in hand. Yeah. And I, I think that if we're talking uncommon truth, that's something maybe that most people don't think about is right. you know, about the words they're singing on a Sunday morning or um, in our case, also Wednesday nights, yeah. and, mm-hmm. uh, Friday mornings. And <laughs> we, we do a lot of services yeah. around here, do a lot of Monday stuff around mornings. here. But um, yeah, there there's not a huge understanding of, okay, well, what we sing impacts what we believe and how we view God. So we're going to get into that a little bit later. But um, Ryan, why do you think why do you think that music is such a such an integral thing for like obviously worship is not all about music right but in here in north america when we think worship that's the first thing we think about in music like, so why, why is it so important why is music so important yeah it's, it's a great question and like you said i would totally agree with that worship isn't just about music and i know that's something that we encourage our leaders to to, to really think about the idea that worship starts when you open your eyes first thing in the morning you know it's it's all day. It's your whole life that you mm-hmm. do, that, that, the way that you live, right? And so, but with that, we're talking about music. Is music is so interesting in that um, it really has the ability to influence your emotions, influence your mood. It has the ability just to draw you in or draw you out. It, music is powerful, you know. Yeah. Um, it's a powerful thing, and so it is interesting that when we think mu- uh, worship, we automatically think music. Yeah. And. Uh, but but it is interesting. I mean, it is it is important to to know and to notice the difference, right? I think like I I remember hearing a quote by C.S. Lewis, and he said because he he wrote stories that were um, in his day he was sort of frowned upon for writing like uh, fantastic you know magical you know right. Lion the Witch in the Wardrobe uh, Chronicles of Narnia yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, and people were saying like, well, if you really want to be into, cause he was a Christian, I don't know if everybody knows that, but he was a Christian and he was actually a theologian. And, and so he would actually write about theology using kid stories. And, uh, people kind of got on him about that. Like, why, mm-hmm. why are you wasting your time writing stories for kids? And he said, well, th- some of the best ways to his quote is, um, to steal past the watchful dragons of your reason. Yeah is to come through sort of like the back door of your emotions and how, and how you connect. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. connecting in music is, is a way that we do that. Like people can come in and, and that's why it's also really effective. And really we have to pay attention to it because it seems like it holds a really big place in a lot of people's lives um, and how they connect intimately with God. Yeah, definitely. I think that's what makes it so powerful, but also so dangerous Mm -hmm. because it goes past your brain into your heart, you know, which is amazing, right? Because lots of people need that Mm -hmm. where just because they usually think so logically and everything has to fit in a box and into a chart, right? That, that sometimes it's hard to get the heart stuff. It's hard to get their, their heart really connected. And there's certain things that Jesus does in our emotions. If he's going to heal them, they got to be touched. Yeah. Right. And there's, there's a place for that, for our emotions to be able to be expressed, not, not to lead, but to be able to connect at least. Right. And so when that's what we're doing with music, it can go either way. Mm-hmm. So it can either mm-hmm. connect something really powerfully that's true or that's not true. And it is equally powerful yeah. both ways that it can go, right? And so that's, that's like, I think as far as like music being important in churches, right? Like probably for, for new people coming into a church setting, 
that's what they're most comfortable with. That's what would draw them in, even yeah. if like the teaching maybe is hard to take in or receive or whatever. If the music is really good, then they would relax kind of into yeah. it and then they would actually want to be around. And it's, it's what draws people in, mm -hmm. right? Which again, can be really powerful, really good. We want to draw people in. Yeah. We want it to be great. It should be. It's being done for Jesus. It should be done really, really well for him. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, right. But then just, I mean, what we're going to talk about later, right, is the foundation of it. What are mm -hmm. we doing with that? That's, mm -hmm. that's a great amount of influence. And so, like, are we carrying that in a safe way and doing that in a way where if people do let their guards down with this music, it's still going to teach them truth, you know? Yeah. And that's probably, I mean, that's probably why your mentors wanted to make sure, okay, does she got it? Does she have yeah. that foundation, right? Before she leads people into the presence of God, yeah. right? is she mm -hmm. leading leading in the right direction, right? Yeah. I know um, encouragement for you. So my my family's not Christian on my on my dad's side, which is yeah. the big, nowhere near as big as your side of, <laughs> of any of your family. Nobody's but, is. It's okay. Right. <laughs> um, but my my dad's side <laughs> yeah. of the family w is what I would have thought of as like a big Catholic family, and uh, none of them are really you know, practicing their their Catholicism or even you know anything close to okay. um, like a, a confessional Protestant Christianity, but. Um, they all went to Catholic school as kids and, and they have this somewhere deep down this respect for God. Right. And, um, so my dad and my stepmom came to visit and we brought them to church cause they really wanted to know, like, they're very supportive of us. They want to know what we, what we yeah. do on a daily basis. And, um, so they came and they got to tour Southside Orville and, see all the the craziness that see the goes same on. guy on his bike with yeah, no tires. yeah. <laughs> they they uh they liked it they um they thought it was really really cool and interesting that a church would pluck itself down in the middle yeah. but the one thing that was the most i think influential for the it was just a weekend that he was here but he sat in church and you were leading mm -hmm. and uh i i looked over he wasn't he was sort of like dutifully singing along yeah but afterwards he had to like wipe a little tear aside oh. and he was like that was a, a beautiful service, Aww. beautiful service. <laughs> and uh, it, was just, it was just interesting because, you know, I, I've had lots of conversations with my dad, mm -hmm. and I'm not sure any of them have gone that far, Wow! right? And so that's, that's what, hmm. what you say about, um, you know, getting through someone's yeah. guard mm -hmm. and connecting with their heart because um, really for, for as long as people have been, there's been art and beauty and music and, yeah. you know, and so it makes sense that we we draw people towards like transcendent God with music and art yeah. and beauty, right? So I want to get into our in into our topic of you know like what what is it about worship that has this connection with theology? But I couldn't help thinking about just recently over the summer here, there have been some some like pretty big name Christian worship leaders that have have like actually just stepped away from their Christianity. So um, there's a band that I used to listen to, um, Gunger. I think I'm yeah. saying that right. Um, it's mm -hmm. Michael and Lisa Gunger. And they, they wrote the song uh, Beautiful Things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know, you guys would feel free to sing it here. We've got really nice... I was about to, but... <laughs> no, <laughs> Go for checking it. Checking out. Here. <laughs> so I remember singing that at my best friend's wedding. Mm -hmm. and uh, And they also had some, like, non-worship, but really really good you know just music on albums i don't know what you call that but it was non-worship music and it was really yeah. good i liked it 
And just recently, um, they have sort of stepped away from their faith. And he calls himself an atheist. And I listened to a podcast recently where she mm-hmm. was she was really not making any sense about what she believed. She was, oh. you know, well, I think it could be, you know, Mother God could have a plan for yeah. us. And, um, and you know, trying to combine all these different streams of, yeah. of thought that are decidedly not orthodox. And, and that, like, made me really sad because I, I really enjoyed their music. And then... And then there's Marty Sampson of Hillsong. He was mm. he was one of the writers and and uh, singers for Hillsong, and he's basically said, uh, come out and said like I'm I'm not a Christian anymore. Yeah. And so I just want to hear what you guys think about that. Like, um, kind of going back to what you shared, Lisa, about um, like heart issues and character issues, and yeah. and how it affects like our our worship leaders. Well, honestly, the first thing that comes to mind for me is how much uh, worship leaders can be targets. Mm-hmm. Like you're you're putting yourself in a position where spiritually a lot of things can come after you. There's there's certain issues that tend to come after worship leaders, and if you don't have yeah. a good foundation, man, you'll be you'll be attacked hard. Yeah. Um, and I don't know that this is the case for all mm-hmm. of them, right? I don't know their stories uh, personally, but. Just what comes to mind is if if you're doing that, if you're leading worship, if you're writing songs, and you know, incredibly gifted in that way too, right? It's beautiful music that yeah. they that they wrote, but you don't have a foundation in the truth. You yeah. can just kind of just a little bit by little bit just go off the path a little bit more. Start with something that is technically true, and then it slowly just slides off into mm-hmm. a whole bunch of different directions. And if you are not anchored, I- I'm not surprised that that happened yeah in, in that sense right like right. if you don't have the right things in place um the enemy hates worship hmm. you know yeah. that's he that's he good. was a worship leader in heaven before you know um things went south yeah <laughs> by a little bit Definitely. Uh, right literally yeah um and so and so it, it seems like that there's there's something extra, like an extra attack mm-hmm. um, against worship leaders that way. And so it's like you really, really have to know what you believe solidly. You have to live it out in order for it to really, um, for you to stay safe, actually, within that, Yeah, you know, being in that position. That's really good, because even in leading worship, it's such a vulnerable thing, and I think that's yeah. why it can be so powerful, especially when it's accompanied with you know, talent or skills, you know, a talented musician with heart, with, uh, with character, with gifting and anointing, it can be really powerful and raw and real and, uh, and the influence, right? So when, you know, we see that many times in many examples in the Christian church leader falls, you know, and then there's an aftermath or people that are swept up in that or can be right. There's that potential. So it's, I, I agree with you, uh, Lisa, with what you're saying, it's just the importance to, of, of having that foundation and, um, and being connected and really knowing, um, knowing who you are, mm-hmm. um, and just thinking of John 15 and being attached to the vine and connected to the vine, abiding in Him. You know that the more you do, it's like the goal isn't to be a great worship leader. The goal is to be great at knowing Him. Right. And that in knowing Him, the greater you are at knowing Him and loving Him, it's like great worship comes from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. So again, the goal isn't how can I sound the best? It's let me know him and let me give my gifts to him. And as he grows them, you, you naturally sound better and better and better. Yeah. You know, as you're surrounding them to him, as you're going in that and valuing Mm -hmm. the gift and the position that he's given you, it's like, 
and you can't help but grow in that. Yeah. So I, I follow the Babylon Bee on Instagram and and you guys know the Babylon Bee? Never heard of it. I don't think so. No. Okay. So Babylon Bee is a Christian satire, like newspaper, right? It's like nice. the Onion for Christians. Oh yeah. And uh, so they do they do satire. It's not it's not intentionally like fake news, but it's things to make you think. Right. Right. And so they have um, they often have things that are like worship leader um, speaks forty three heresies in ten seconds. <laughs> um, yeah. You know yeah. like. And I, so as you're talking, I'm thinking of these where it's like, um, you know, we all mean well, right? We all, we all want to bring, we all start off, it seems like, wanting to bring glory to God and serve yeah. him mm-hmm. well, both in, in our day-to-day worship of serving him and in actually singing songs. Uh, but when it comes to singing songs, it seems like if you, if you don't have that, like, that truth element down, mm-hmm. that foundation of truth, uh, last week, Sarah talked about, uh, Sarah Bud talked about how the the truth is, uh, the foundation, the solid rock you build on is um, hearing and doing the words of Jesus, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And so when, when you're trying to write music apart from hearing and doing the words of Jesus, then it seems like it could be pretty, like a slippery, slippery slope to um, becoming one of those satirical oh, <laughs> worship yeah. leaders who... Uh, yeah, gets yanked oh, off the yeah. stage after 10 seconds by the senior pastor, mm-hmm. right? Like, can't say mm-hmm. that, can't say that, can't say that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. There's not really a question there, but that's, uh, you know, that's just what I've I've noticed, and it, it cracks yeah. me up. They also have other ones, um, like, God politely informs worship leader that he heard the first 33 bridges, and you can <laughs> yeah. move on to the next one, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so... Um, I don't know. Do you, is there any like inside inside jokes in the in the like the worship leader crowd about um, about any any of that stuff? Like where you're just like, oh man, I remember this song or that yeah, that's true. You have to be careful too because sometimes like with your words, you'll you'll tell everybody where you're about to, or what you're about to sing. Mm-hmm. And so I remember one of my other worship leader friends was saying one time. Uh, obviously, this was a ways back because it was uh, Days of Elijah. Okay, right. Yeah. So then. Uh, the bridge is there's no God like Jehovah, right? And so, you know, just building up to the bridge. And then he was just like, there is no God. And then he, uh, uh, like Jehovah, and just kind of like, wait a second. Did I just shout that into oh, a mic? Trying, he's yeah, he's just, hey, that's like, where we're right, going. This is yeah. the next verse, just so you right? know, yeah. And just oh, <laughs> like shouted that into the mic to the full church. He's going, just there's no God. Yeah. The, oh, uh, like Jehovah. Right. And then into it. Whoops. Rough. That's a rough story. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Okay, <laughs> so we wanted to talk about like the the relationship between how how what we sing impacts theology mm-hmm. and you guys actually have a really i think is really uncommon way of of selecting songs almost like a filter process yeah like how do you how do you choose what songs you sing yeah it's um well i can't really take the credit for this one because i'm learned it from my pastor was mm-hmm. it adopted <laughs> adopted stolen adopted <laughs> i, I might have stolen his method here but uh yeah it is definitely unique you know and and it's important to note too is you know this is this is how we would select songs for for a church you know worship service wouldn't necessarily be for every every service that we would ever do in mm-hmm. our life but certainly uh for a church service you know because the the goal is a little different you you're you want the crowd to go somewhere, you know, we want to get to a, to a place and, and a connection, intimacy, 
uh, with the Lord. And so, you know, we go into it knowing that, it, you know, and I remember uh, my pastor just asked me the questions, what do people want to sing to God? What do they want to express? Because worship is simply just expressing his worth. Like that's mm. what worship is, you know. Um, but what do they want to sing to God? And what, is, what does God want said about him? What would mm-hmm. God want us to sing to him? So if you kind of picture that, you know, yeah. like my wife sitting here next to me is, <laughs> Ryan, what would you want to sing to me? And then it's, what would, uh, and Lisa may be thinking, what uh, what would she want me to sing yeah. to her? You know, it's that, that relationship, that back and forth. You know, I think sometimes we're listening to, to Christian music or Christian radio or, or, or whatever it is. Um, I, I wouldn't, I couldn't help but think that maybe God would have the question is, Maybe that isn't what he wants being sung to him, yeah, or being sung about him. You know that yeah. we adopt these songs, and so getting to your question though is how do we pick the songs that we do? Is we have an interesting, yeah, method. You know, we have we have four different categories that we would call them, and uh, and the goal is to go in order um, throughout the set. So say we have a, a half hour set, and we get through five songs in a half hour. You know, your your first category would be celebration. So songs of of celebrating who God is, his goodness, mm-hmm. things about him, his nature, what is God like, you know, and, you know, typically those songs are fast, gets people engaged, gets him, yeah. gets the, the house rocking, if you will, you know, yeah. and, the fun uh, ones, yeah. yep, the fun mm-hmm. ones, you know, yeah. <laughs> the yeah. ones that want to jump or dance or whatever, you know, and so songs of celebration, you know, it's, it's, it's about God and nature. And then, and then we have songs of declaration, declaring who God is, what he's done, maybe even declaring who we want to be for God, those sort of things, you know, and then we move into, uh, repentance and okay. our need of God. So there's a natural progression of think of singing about God, um, who He is, what He's done for us, moving along into our need of Him. Mm-hmm. That's really where we are as a as a body right now. Is in this this season, if you will, of just recognizing how big God is. Yes, our, Steve's talked about that a little bit on the show when he came back from from his right. cruise, yeah, right? Exactly. About how, yeah. Uh, you know, learning or hearing God say to him, okay, we need to be talking about, we need you to learn, or I need you to learn more about how much you need me. You haven't recognized how great I am. Exactly. And that desperation, you know, that comes from that and your real hunger for God, you know, and and just singing that to him, God, I need you. I'm lost without you. I'm so sorry for what I've done, you know. Yeah, I surrender to you. I surrender, yeah. And, and, uh, And so that kind of moves you then into a place of, no longer singing about him, but by the end of our of our sets, we want to get to a place where we're singing directly to him. Okay, God, I love you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. I love you. You, you are so amazing, you know. And yeah. just singing straight to his heart. Yeah. yeah. So when you guys are choosing music, mm-hmm. how, like, do you find there's a lot of music to choose from that fits some of the that criteria, or is it is it kind of is it kind of a shallow pool that you can draw from? Because it seems to me that there's a lot of worship music that doesn't quite fit that. Yeah, that's definitely true. I've noticed it, mm-hmm. like even within the last couple of months, have we as we've really gone into the season with Steve, we've stopped singing certain songs. It just doesn't fit anymore. It doesn't mm-hmm. work as we're growing and getting closer and closer to him, to to Jesus and, and what he wants. There have been certain ones that it's like, you know what? Actually, this doesn't even really work anymore. And it's not that it's a bad song. Right. It's just it doesn't convey the same way as certain other ones yeah. do, just simply our need for him. And um, yeah, so we've we've uh, gone into some older songs as well, just like kind of dusted off a few. Yeah, we have. Uh, I could Oldies sing of your love forever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, which has been kind of neat. 
in the season to um to use some of those right and Mm -hmm. um yeah like i whatever i just in general get bored easily like a little bit of add going on so then it's like (laughs) so it's um it's hard for me because like i just want to do new songs all the time right yeah um but yeah just even in in looking for for those new songs it's like we really have to listen to the words um and and our format does cut out a whole bunch of them hey this doesn't actually work uh or we can only do this part of the song Mm because that goes with our heart towards him and the rest of it is just about me and i don't need to sing about me for half an hour and Mm -hmm. call it a worship service because that's not what it is then that's good so as far as like quantity of of the songs that are coming out because there's there's a lot of worship there's a lot of churches putting out worship music like um when i pitched the podcast i said what if what if i could do a podcast that's sort of like the podcast version of of like bethel right they Mm -hmm. they do a lot of music for smaller churches that can't you know, hire 20 musicians and get them to write their own music. So they, they export music to these churches. And, and so that was one way that we kind of connected the podcast, but Mm -hmm. there are a lot of those Mm -hmm. type of ministries that are pumping out albums, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. And so how much of it is actually something that you can theologically really get behind? Man, I don't know. Tough I mean, with that, that sort of puts you guys yeah, exactly. <laughs> behind the eight ball. He's there, the but... stats guy. I mean, okay, there we go, Ryan. What do you say? Over to you. What percentage? I, I don't need hard percentage, but is it is it a lot? Is it a little? Like, what's depends who you're uh, like who you're asking, because um, I think certain certain churches a lot of it would be, and then oh yeah, we do don't need in to get into way. we don't need to get into <laughs> specifics, but yeah, um, like are we are we finding, are you finding a lot of new songs coming out that are like, uh, like what's the difference between a, a song that's like theologically st- like yeah. strong and solid to one that's like a little bit of fluff? I think that, yeah, I mean, there's, there's definitely new songs coming out constantly. Right. And, uh, I just had a chat with actually Jordy about this the other day, you know, um, in about worship songs that mm-hmm. we sing in our services. And are there any songs that we should consider removing, you know, because yeah. maybe it doesn't fit with what we believe or with what we really want to focus on. But, but the reality is, is that if we have a solid foundation and, and, and we're grounded, uh, in, in the truth of Jesus, right? And so everything's washed through Jesus. Yeah. Everything comes through that lens and it doesn't, it's not harmful to your Christianity to maybe sing a yeah. song that doesn't line up a hundred percent with that. Yeah. You know, you could listen to it, you could even sing and and you could have fun singing it and at the end of the day you come back because your foundation is yeah. strong, right? Yeah. So I think the caution is if if your entire Christianity is based on the theology of music songs, mm-hmm. then again going kind of going back to what Lisa shared earlier is you could start to get an angle off, a degree off, and then bef- before you know it, you could be farther off in the truth than when you started. If yeah. you base your Christianity Christianity just off of what you're hearing on the radio yeah. or singing worship songs. Mm-hmm. If you know, you have a foundation that you've already built upon Jesus Christ, you know, then it's yeah. it's gonna be much harder to be swayed by songs that maybe aren't theologically correct. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think what I was thinking about is uh, your roles as as not just you're not just song leaders, right? You're yeah. actually pastors yeah. and mm-hmm. your your goal is to deepen everybody who comes to your service deepen their relationship and their intimacy and their connection yeah. with with jesus right mm-hmm. and um and so you like it's really helpful to know that you carefully curate 
what you're going to sing. Um, yeah. Because we, we did talk about how like art form, the art form of music can get past people's guards of, yeah. of their reason. And so there, there's a lot of songs that are, that are good. There's a lot of songs that are like, you know, pretty, you know, they're pretty decent and, yeah. and past, past first inspection or they're, they're not really, they don't jump out at you. And there's probably a few that are like, nah, that probably yeah. caused a meme somewhere. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but what's the consequence of, of not thinking through your music choice as a pastor uh, that leads worship? The consequence of that, and maybe just not knowing the Bible in the first yeah. place, I think that would be mm. a, a huge part of it too, is that really a lot of songs, we were, we were talking about that before, right? Like, like percentages, right? And there's a couple where it's really clear. Okay. Jesus says this about himself and we're singing it, or it's like directly from the Bible. Mm -hmm. Um, like it would be hard to misinterpret. And yeah. then there's a few like you're talking about that end up as memes or whatever. Like, when, yeah. like, wow, that's straight blasphemy. Mm -hmm. Like there wouldn't be lots of that. Right. But just <laughs> yeah, a, a few just a where few. it's like, man, that's, that's just not true. But lots of them, uh, I would say, um, they're just, they're a little bit, uh, not indecisive, but just, um, open to misinterpretation, right? Okay. Like they're mm -hmm. not fully mm -hmm. clear. It'd be very easy to take, uh, for example, we're singing about, um, you know, good, good father, mm -hmm. right? One church singing that means something different than another church singing that. Based mm -hmm. on their theological yes, foundation. based on I what see. the teaching is. They'll hear that and sing that differently. Okay. And so it really matters. So many songs are that way. It's really good. So what's, like, using that one, what what are the two different things that could be, like, the, the two, I guess, ditches that you could end up on or, or the two um, different... Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you're if you're too worried about it or if you're not worried about no, it. No, uh, like um, what's the like a, a church singing good good father? Yeah. And like, okay, we got it. We got the right foundation for it. It's good. It's helpful. Yeah. To one that's coming at it from kind of a not a great, right. great theological perspective. Right, exactly, because if you don't know what what Jesus says about what God the Father is like, it's really easy to just hear that as, well, I'm so cute and adorable, he could never say no to me, right? right? So it <laughs> yeah. just doesn't matter what mm. I do. And right. and so let's sing about that. He's a good, good father, so I'm okay. No matter what I did mm. today or what I will do after the church service, yeah. he's such a good father that like it just doesn't matter, right? right? And so very few people would say that, obviously, but, but, but it's it easy. But it steals past their guards, But right? it's past the guards and into the heart everything's okay and I'm totally fine regardless mm. of whether that's true or not. Yeah. Right. And, and I'm, I know it's easy for that to be interpreted that way. Right. Mm -hmm. And you just sing the song and because it doesn't clarify, I mean, it's again, not a bad song, right. right. But, it's, but it really matters. Mm -hmm. What is the teaching? Like, what is the teaching that goes with that? Yeah. The sermons that you're used to hearing, do they explain yeah, what really that good. means? Do they take you right into the Bible where it says, yeah. You know, that the father disciplines his son that he loves, mm -hmm. right? Hey, that's part of it. That's but part of being a good, good father. That right? is part mm -hmm. of being a good, good I father. I know that. We were talking about it last week about right. hurting Jovi's feelings. And yeah, you know, I get that. And one thing I appreciate is uh, when leading a camp ministry for so long, we'd have so many kids that were, we'd actually have to teach them how to worship because they'd never been mm -hmm. to church. They'd never heard the name of Jesus really before, besides as a swear word. Oh, and uh, one thing that we had to teach our, our worship leaders there was that you don't just assume that they know what 
stirring up deep, deep wells oh, means, gosh, yeah. or, right? Um, you actually have to <laughs> even say, if like, you show them the actions. Yeah, there are lots of actions. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and what we did was actually go into the Bible. Like this is what this song is talking about. Yeah. It comes from this this verse and this story. And yeah. when we're singing that, it's because we mean this. Right. And and it's almost something that we're kind of missing in the North American church where right. it's like, it's okay, welcome to, welcome to church. We're going to sing these songs and we're not going to explain them. We're not going to really talk about really what they mean. Yeah. They're yeah. open. And so it could be somebody's first time and it's, I'm not sure what to think about that song or it could right. be somebody's like 20th year in the church and they understand it and can put it right in its place theologically. Right? Yeah. Like just knowing how to file everything, knowing what yeah. it means, having the foundation of truth mm -hmm. from Jesus. This is true. Okay. And then that's how I will now hear it. And that's how I will now sing it. And then you've got that, that anchor that keeps you in the truth. So you don't just float off into the space of just of that being your theology, right? Because yeah. it's going to be so different every song that you hear, right? And you're just like, oh, that that's true. And that over there is true. And, and just kind of piece together something that mm -hmm. is not based in the words of Jesus. Yeah. Hmm. So Ryan, what's the danger in not being careful with how you pick your, your songs that you lead people into the presence of God with? The danger is that um, if you're not careful, you could actually help people into a selfish Christianity versus a selfless Christianity. Yeah. Um, you know, like I said earlier, it's is when you approach worship, it's, you know, you're expressing worth. Who are you expressing worth to? Do mm -hmm. you want to sing more songs have to do with about you or is it songs that are going to reflect the worth to God himself, you yeah. know? So if we're not too careful, we might actually promote more of a selfish Christianity mm -hmm. that, um, that like Lisa was saying, if, if you don't have good teaching or if you don't have the right framework to kind of put these songs into in your own personal life, then all of a sudden your life becomes about what you're singing. It's, it is all about me. Mm -hmm. It is all about how I feel, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and our eyes quickly go from being on, on God to on ourselves. Yeah. And, uh, and that is a dangerous Christianity because, obviously, we see how Jesus modeled uh, selfless Christianity. Yeah. The goal of the Son is to make his Father famous. Yeah. And so that's what we want to do. And, um, you know, it's not that we can't sing a wide array of songs like we've, like we've stated, but do they go along with good teaching and good framework and good mm -hmm. foundation? Yeah. Yeah, it seems to me like as worship pastors working with teaching pastors and and like family pastors and kids pastors, we're all, we're all in like a canoe paddling, right? And we want to be mm -hmm. paddling in the same direction. And so it doesn't make any sense for us to be like, all right, let's go after good relationships and, and good uh, teaching and good truth and, um, and good outreach. And then we're going to sing songs that, that don't go along with yeah. that. Right. And that's, mm -hmm. that's why I see you guys doing really well is, is just, all right, we're going to be really intentional. And there's probably a lot of people who are like, well, what about, my favorite fill in the you know fill in the yeah. blank song <laughs> um but at least you can point to a process that shows yeah we're going to be safe people to follow and mm -hmm. uh, you can be you can be one of the you know one of the people that's here for the first time and never never darken the door of a church and you're going to hear truth the whole the whole service or you could be you know the pastor's daughter who's you grew up with it right yeah. and you're gonna get the same thing so i think that's really cool um i just appreciate that because it seems like north american christianity it has become so much about us like individuals yeah 
and that's uh, I mean North America in general, right? All the way from from where we came from in Canada, right. from down to uh, California for sure, and the rest of the states, and uh, and so when we sing songs magnifying Jesus, uh, repenting, you know, celebrating yeah. Him, but also mm-hmm. just getting ourselves into a place where we can adore Him. Yeah, um, that's really helpful, and and it it shows that there's really thought behind it. So I appreciate that. You're welcome. Yeah, no, it's um, as a worship leader, like really you are serving people, mm-hmm. you know, and you yeah. have to keep that in mind that it's people like to say, you know, it's just an audience of one. It's just you and God. It's like, well, no, actually, there's a whole crowd out there that you mm-hmm. are serving. You're helping them learn how to worship and learn how yeah. to go into his presence. And so like you really have to keep that in mind. You're helping them know how to be intimate with Jesus, get close to him, be vulnerable with him. And so, yeah, it's really, Mm, it's a lot of weight uh, in a sense, but such an honor to be able to do that too. Mm -hmm. And absolutely, we want to do that in a a safe way that helps people. Yeah. Well, I appreciate having you guys on The Uncommon Truth, and I'm sure we'll have you guys on again. All right, sounds good. You have some great on-air chemistry, let me just say. Oh, oh, well, thank you. (laughs) Thanks, guys. (laughs) You're welcome. Thanks. Well, thank you so much, Ryan and Lisa, and thank you for listening to The Uncommon Truth, everybody out there in podcast land. We're really glad that you chose to stick with us today. I want to take a minute to mention a few things that we've got in the show notes. That's the little description section underneath the podcast. If you're listening on your phone, just scroll down. You'll see what I'm talking about. First thing you'll see there is I've set up a link. So if you'd like to share the uncommon truth really easily with somebody, you listen to this episode and you think, uh, I need to share that with somebody. I'd like to start a conversation. It's a really great way to do that. All you have to do is copy and paste that link into a text message, into a Facebook Messenger message, or into an email. And whoever opens that, no matter what device they're using, they'll be taken to the correct podcasting platform for them. It's a real great way to get somebody talking about deep issues that we cover here on The Uncommon Truth. So definitely use that. The next thing you'll see is my email address. It's maxerman at changeorville.org. And that's a place where you can give me some feedback on the show. If you want to hear something that you haven't heard us discuss and you, you'd like to you know, give it uh, to me, put it on my radar, send me an email, let me know. You can also tell me what you've been thinking about other shows that you've been listening to. What do you think about this show? Uh, If you send me an email, I'll be sure to read it out on the podcast and give you a little bit of a shout out. You'll also find a link to our social media. We've got Facebook and Instagram. I think Twitter's coming, but stay tuned for that. There's also a YouTube link. That's our YouTube channel at the Father's House Church, where you can hear some of the church pastors like Ryan and Lisa giving some of their sermons. Um, So if you want more contact, you can check that out. And I've also got links up there for Steve Orsillo's books on Amazon. So if you want more content in between episodes, check it out there. Next week, I'm pleased to say that Jordy Mumby will be joining us again. And we're going to be talking about how to interpret the Bible. So uh, it's kind of foundational, but it's super important to get it right. We have a really broad conversation, and we get into the weeds a little bit. It's, it's going to be a fun one. So definitely stick around for that next week. We'd love to have you. And for now, that's it for this week here on The Uncommon Truth. See you again.